better every week, don't they? Hallelujah. How are we all doing this morning? That is good. All right. Cool. Well, what did we talk about last month? Grace. Hallelujah. And we talked about our position in grace, and then we talked about discipline, and we talked about uh, grace leading to love. Agape, unconditional, sacrificial, benevolent love. Okay, so this month, or for the next few weeks, we're talking about community. It's one of our values here at Life Source Church. We've got the four. Oh, we've got community up there. So we've got grace, community. We've got vision and... No, we don't have vision. We've got mission and who remembers what the last one is? Service, because I actually forgot. I needed someone to tell me. Thank you very much. Okay, community. Do we... Uh, okay, cool. Awesome. Let's talk about community. So we'll have a little bit of fun today and uh, we're going to high-five each other and pass it over and maybe 10 minutes or something, whenever I'm done. So uh, strap in and let's enjoy. Okay, community. Let's go. Can I? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it is on. Oh, yeah, there we go. Too far. There we go. All right. God has shown us the value of human relationships. The Bible clearly indicates the importance of belonging. The man shows us a picture of the importance of a relationship with one another. The Gospels reveal the nature of Christ as he embraced people from all walks of life. Jesus' command to baptize believers represents an initiation into the family of God. Baptism unites us with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection and is a public witness of our inclusion in the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? So that sort of surmises this whole idea of community uh, that we hold dear as a church. And we, have, uh, we do lots of things as a community, don't we? We're meeting together right now, and uh, we have grow groups during the week. We have youth group. We have kids' church. We have creche. We have all of this wonderful stuff. We have mums and dads, and, and uh, people are designed to be together. Okay, now, what I want to, so something that really surmises that statement is every individual has the right to belong. Can we agree with that? Every individual in this church, every individual in every church, every person that has given their life to Jesus has the right to belong. But I want to talk about why. Why do we have the right to belong? John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. If you've got your Bibles, you can, you can open that. And uh, okay. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We should pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here in this place, that you love us, that you include us that you have blessed us. I pray that you speak to all of us right now. Sear our hearts, Lord God. And teach us your ways. Reveal yourself. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. But to all who did receive him. Who's him talking about? Jesus. All right, that's pretty self-explanatory. 
Hallelujah. It's talking about Jesus Christ, the begotten Son of God. What does begotten mean? It means the only one of its kind. In English, it usually means it started somewhere. So most children have a beginning, don't they? You do the deed and you conceive. Hallelujah. And uh, surprise, surprise. Joy, joy. You've got a child on your hands. But Jesus never began, did he? He always was. He always is. He always will be. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's eternal, and he is equal to the Father. That means just like the Father, he has all authority. And Jesus can share his sonship with anybody that he chooses. He chose us all, didn't he? He chose humanity. How did he choose humanity? And how did we receive him? Jesus chose us when he was born in the flesh just like us. That was number one. Fully God, fully man. He went to the cross and removed every illegitimacy that stopped us from being a child of God. And he placed that illegitimacy on himself and he died. He rose again, leaving every illegitimacy dead and buried. And he ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father as the most legitimate and only begotten Son of God. Now, inheritance typically comes from parents, doesn't it? It doesn't come from children. That would be strange. That would be pretty cool, actually. But, uh, well, for some of you, it wouldn't be fun for me. But um, inheritance comes from parents. So inheritance comes from the Father. So the Father sends out the Holy Spirit to all who receive Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's first work is to complete the work of the cross inside us. Through the process, so, so the Holy Spirit legitimizes us because of what Jesus did at the cross. Through the process of rebirth, so our spirit dies to sin, just like Jesus died to sin. And we are born again in the spirit, free from every impurity, free from every illegitimacy, clean, holy, pure, righteous. Nothing holding us back. We are reborn as a child of God. And because we are reborn, Jesus, who has authentic sonship. When I say sonship, I mean he has all the rights of a son. He inherits everything. Because Jesus has authentic sonship as the begotten son of God, he shares his authenticity with us. And it becomes who we are. We become authentic children of God. Amen? Okay, so therefore we have every right that the begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, we have every right that he has, we have every bit of inheritance that he has, and we have just as much access to the Father. I'm only going to be very quick this morning. <laughs> so as we all possess the right to be God's children and we belong to him, we also, by implication, become siblings here in this church and with every other believer in the entire world. 
we become siblings and we all have the right to belong to the family of God. If we're all God's children, we're all together as one family, aren't we? It's irrespective of personal doctrine. It's irrespective of quirky character. <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be a lot of churches, a lot more churches than there are. Nobody's disqualified as a child of God based on their personal doctrine, are they? Nobody's disqualified because of disagreements. You don't stop being someone's child because you disagree with your other sibling. We're one. So we as a community of believers, what are we really? We're a whole heap of prodigal children that have been brought together as family by the Spirit of Christ. It's deeper than blood that we're united. It's the Spirit of Christ that unites us together as a family. So we all have a right to be here, to meet together. Amen? And with that, I'm going to pass it along to my brother. Awesome. We all belong, right? We're all brothers and sisters. If you're a brother and sister, just wave at me. If you're one of my brothers, one of my sisters... Awesome, so I can come into your house and do what I please. All right. I'm just going to give us a little bit of an example this morning. And I'll call Pastor Jamie up. And Mr. Reuben Sebastian. There's no idea that I was going to call him up this morning. Come sit down. We can. Okay. Yep. Anybody? You know, we, we, if you saw us this morning, we were all on stage. And that means an early morning on Sunday morning, and an early morning on Sunday means no breakfast. Right? I haven't had breakfast either. Like a Tim Tam? Of course. Uh. Good, huh? It's actually on special for the big pack. It just costs just as much as a small one. I was like. I think it was like 10 cents cheaper than, than a small one. Why not get more, eh? You right? Good? Why? What do you mean, why? Why? Why would you get one? The brothers and sisters. Can you get us a coffee? Why would you want one? But it's not my fault you're hungry. 
My, your mom would agree with me, actually. <laughs> you should have gotten up earlier and had breakfast. Hey, you know I'm right too. She would have said the same thing. <laughs> oh, you can have one. No, I'm kidding. No, you can have one. You can really have one. You can have one. Have one. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. Give these guys a hand. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> awesome. So, going off what Pastor Jamie just shared, we are brothers and sisters in Christ because of what Jesus has done for all of us. Thank you. Go on. Because of what he has done for all of us. Amen? And since we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, that also means that we become relationally responsible for one another. Straight away. As soon as someone comes into the body of Christ, you consider them your brother and your sister, then your mindset changes to the way that you look at them. It changes to the way that you treat them. It changes to the way that you view them and the things that you've seen them do in the past. Because you've been saved by grace, then your grace has to be able to cover them as well. You have to offer the same grace that you've been afforded. So reading from Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 47, we get a good example of what community and what relational responsibility looks like in the church. Let's have a read. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple, together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's a good word, right? So go and sell your house. <laughs> awesome. So what was happening in this day was a beautiful movement of the first church just giving everything to each other. They saw a need in the church and then they, they didn't hesitate to meet that need. They didn't hesitate to get, take from their own and be at a loss so that they could help their brother out. And that's exactly the type of mindset that Christ calls us to when he calls us into relationship with each other, doesn't it? Got some more scripture here. In Romans verse 13, I'll, I'll start with Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 10 to 12 reads, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. He's talking to the church and in the way that they need to be with each other. I don't know in my life that I've had too many instances where I've gone out of my way to honor a brother. And yet we're called, and I'd say even commanded, to act this way, to be this way, to treat each other in the family this way. If you were to go outside into a secular world and into a secular uh, job or in conversations that you might have outside of the church, one of the conversations that might come up, which I have actually had come up, is the disunity within a body of the church. And I think if you've been a Christian long enough, you've actually heard that thing, heard something like that as well. And it's very contrary to the type of life that God calls us to live as brothers and sisters in, in Christ. But we have such great opportunity to love one another. Show brotherly affection. 
Amen. Reading from verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 8. It reads, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, sorry, not second commandment, but you, ex- you knew exactly what I was saying. That's good. <laughs> We're called to love one another outside of our preference, whether you like it or not, regardless of how I feel towards you, regardless of how weird you are, regardless of how weird I am. I was going to come up with that. I had to put it back on me, of course. How does that work, though? Because when you become brothers and sisters, it's sort of something that happens automatically? No. (laughs) You have to make relationships a priority in your life. You actually have to take time to put work into relationship. Yeah? Anyone who's married know exactly what I'm talking about. Any relationship that doesn't, is it, that isn't catered to, that hasn't taken any work, it just ends up falling apart. You can see it there when I was eating with Pastor Jamie, that Reuben felt out because many of you might not know, but Reuben knows he can come into my house and open my fridge and eat whatever he wants. Literally. Okay? And that's a responsibility that I've taken over my brother. And it's a responsibility that he knows he has for me. And even though he can't open his fridge, I will open his dad's fridge and his mom's fridge. Okay? So it's that type of relationship that God is calling us to, not only with the people that you like, but the people that you hate in the body. You hate anyone in the body? Don't say their name out loud. If you do, we'll have to pray for you after this. But understand that that is the type of relationships that God is calling us to with absolute strangers who call themselves Christians. Amen? Because we're blessed by God to be a blessing to them as well. Amen. I'm going to tag my brother in. Tim Tan. I could eat all these here in front of you, but then he won't have any for second service. Is that right? Anyway, I won't. I'll, I'll be kind to everyone else that didn't get a Tim Tam. <laughs> that was a great uh, example, Michael. Well done. And uh, Pastor Jamie talking about um, belonging. It's almost like the, the, the message is already wrapped up in itself that Jesus causes us to belong. That he chooses us, and in choosing us, he calls us one of his own, a brother or a sister in Christ. Amen? But then, when you belong to something, there's responsibility. Yeah? It's, it's like uh, turning up to Christmas without a dish to put on the table. Who would ever do that in our culture and society? It wouldn't happen. And if it, it does, then you become the talk of the family. Is that right? And you probably get told to do the dishes. Right? Because belonging means that you, you, you also uh, have a responsibility to contribute. Is that true? And the, con- the contribution we have one to another. So what I want to hear out of all of this as your pastor is that I don't want to hear people saying, don't you judge me. Right? Because as Pastor Michael was talking, I heard straight away this sense of your view and your responsibility to a new person coming in changes. 
And it's not about judging their actions as being wrong. It's actually a transfer of calling each other up to become like our big brother, Jesus. Is that right? So the defense comes when you say, Pastor Micah judged me of an action that I did. That's a defensive, tied up spirit. When, when, when in fact, their attitude is, well, I have a responsibility to remind you to be like Jesus. Yeah? You know what I'm saying? Like you pull the word of God out and you share the word of God and automatically someone is convicted in their heart because they're doing something or playing with something that they shouldn't be playing with. Sounds like a small child when all of us parents in the room, we've brought our children up and the moment you catch them out, they jump. (laughs) But that's part of the relational responsibility that we have, right? So, so, So where does this actually lead us? With the knowledge that in family, we learn to love like Jesus and unite behind a common cause it's the it's it's the it's the wisdom of god to call his church a family it's the wisdom of god to call his church a body it's the wisdom of god to even say that we're to come together as an army and unite under the commands of christ and micah mentioned one of them the second to love your brother as yourself the first is, is far more important to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. You can't learn to do that in isolation. Do you know that? You cannot learn to love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength in isolation. Because the moment you are isolated, you become selfish. It's only in the context of family and in the context of belonging in the context of relationship, that you can ever show how much you love God. Does that make sense? Like, because love is really an action. Is that right? God does this so that we can light up. And it's not the light of ourselves. It's not the light of our personality. Because if, if it was my personality that had to light you up, you would all be very disappointed very quickly. Now, you all know the people that can walk into the room and light up a room because they have that bubbly, over-the-top personality and it brings joy into the place. But that's not what we're talking about. It's actually this responsibility of being called up into the the, um, character and the personality and expression of Jesus. Without being in the personality of Jesus... We all fall short and we all fail into insignificance. There's this awesome story in the Old Testament, and and I think this is where we get to wrap it up today, is looking at an amazing character of faith. Straight away you all go, we're talking about Abraham, which is awesome, isn't it? This is the story I think that's going to wrap up, that you belong in the church because you're called by God. That's God's first priority of your life. And what I really loved about what Jamie shared was that he gives you his inheritance, the gift of the Holy Spirit straight away. And in in the calling into the body, in the calling into the family, we find that there's a relational responsibility, not to judge, but to call each other up, to remind us that that that's not who we are. We shouldn't be 
uh, mucking around with the mud and, and wallowing with the pigs when, we, when we're called to sit in the throne room of heaven. And then this is, this is where Abram comes in. He's Abram at this time and it's where God sets a covenant with him. And I'll just read the first three verses. I think they're up here. Look at this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And everyone says, bless me. And make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. Awesome. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in, all, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the first covenant that God makes with Abram. And in making a covenant with Abram, he eventually changes his name to Abraham. Do you know you've had your name changed when you came into the church? You've gone from sinner to saint. You've had a name change. You, you, your old is gone, the new has come. You now walk as a new creation. The call of God to Abram is the same as the call of God to your life. Why? Because Abram had to make a choice. He could either stay in his old life. He could either stay in his father's house. And, and yes, everything would have been provided for him. And yes, he would have been probably a wealthy man in his time. And yes, he probably would have had a little bit of influence in his father's household. But he chose to trust the call of God, leaving his old life behind and stepping over the threshold to follow God to a place that was unknown, to a place that he'd never been, and to a place that he had no idea where, what was going to happen to him. He went on the authority of God, the same as we come into the church body under the authority of God, and he stands and he says, I will go, and in going, fulfills the promise. In coming into the church body, God has a promise on your life. And it's the same promise that God gave to Abram. It says this, as, as he went, and I will make you a great nation. Isn't that God's plan for the church? That the church will continue to grow, this is the church global, continue to grow to become a great nation, that God would have, be blessed as the kingdom expands, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. So you don't have to worry about any of that. Abraham didn't have to worry about blessing. Abraham didn't have to worry about cursing the people who cursed him. That was God's job. And I think Christians get that backwards sometimes. I think they're expecting, well, I did something good for you, God. Now I want a blessing. Is it not enough to be already blessed, to be part of the family of God? Is it not enough to know that your sins have been washed, that you've been called to salvation, that you have a hope of a future? Is it not enough that God calls you great because he puts you into his son and that you are his son the same as Jesus? He gives you an inheritance. Like we already are blessed. And it's, we're not just blessed for ourselves. We are blessed in the same covenant because we, the covenant we have in Jesus is the same covenant, a covenant of faith. It's not by your works. It's not by what you say. You can't say a miracle prayer and come into the kingdom of God. You belong because you're called and you respond as Abraham did and you step out in faith. Abraham became a great nation and all who was of his seed 
became a great nation because he obeyed and stepped into the promise. Is that pretty cool or what? You belong for a purpose and part of that purpose is relational responsibility unto unity. But there's a greater purpose than just that we can all sit around and sing Kumbaya. There's a greater purpose than that. And that's what community all is all about. That's why we don't have a picture. I'm going to show you the picture. We go back there. It's right at the start. There it is. Our picture of community is just a regular guy. It's not, it's not family sitting around and hugging. It's not one culture. It's just the representation that we have been called to go to all mankind, no matter what they look like, no matter how they are. And don't all go to Bruno straight away after the service. It doesn't fell to the ground, but anyway. I, it's not about that. It's about going and being a blessing as we go, isn't it? It's about being a blessing as we go. Abraham left his old life to follow the call of God, the path that God had laid out for him. And if God would lay out a path for Abraham, doesn't it make sense that the, the God of Jesus Christ, the God who has called you and fulfilled your purpose in Christ, the God who likens you to Jesus, the God who fills you with the Holy Spirit, doesn't it make sense that he has the same purpose for your life as well and that he will fulfill that in and through you? As Abraham stepped the path that God had laid out with him, Abraham went with the knowledge that as he goes, God would bless him. And not for his own benefit, but to be a great blessing to others. Abraham was blessed to bless. We are blessed so that the world will know the blesser. I'll say that again. Abraham was blessed to bless. You and I, the church of God, are blessed so that the world may be introduced to the blesser. His name is Jesus. I want to show you something. Our commitment to this. I've got to go back all the way. That was a bit, bit silly, wasn't it? But look at this. You can see them with your own words, eyes. Our commitment to this in wrapping up today. Ooh. That was silly. There it is. Our commitment. This is our commitment to our value of community. Making it a priority to meet together regularly at services and other activities to encourage and care for each other. That's relational responsibility, isn't it? That it's a priority in our life. Displaying love through the acceptance of all people, irrespective of background, culture or social standing, acknowledging the uniqueness of each individual. Extending grace to one another through forgiveness not holding on to offense or resentment and resisting all forms of gossip. I love that one. Because we can't be, we can't be blessing other people if with the other side or on the other foot we're pulling them down and tearing them down with gossip. Championing, I can never say that word right, any person who is willing to have a go and accepting legitimate failure as a tool for learning. That's a part of who we are. Have a go. Step out in faith. See what God will do for you. Because he's blessed you, why can't you be a blessing to someone else? You know, 
Getting it wrong is not a problem. Getting stuck in your wrong is the problem. Embracing people from outside the church body as neighbors and just as we once were in need of the saving grace of God. When you understand how much God blesses you, it changes your view of other people. And while the world wants to rubbish them and run them down and all of that sort of stuff, grace affects us in a way that if we are connected to the Savior, then that should bring tears to our eyes as we see them wallowing around in the mud in this pigsty. That's what agape love does in our life. And we're all guilty of it. I'm just as guilty as someone else. We might talk to someone and just say something about this person and, and all of a sudden conviction hits your heart and you say, we, sh- we should not have said that. And we, grab, we should grab that word that escaped our mouth and we should call it back in and we should bind it and we should let it drop and we should speak blessing over that person. That's what we should do in that moment because that's taking responsibility that the blessing of God that's on your life is able to move and be a conduit, you be a conduit for that blessing to reach them. The last one is this, working interdependently with our own denominational family, the CIC Churches International and other like-minded churches and ministries. Why? Because it's not all about life source. Every believer, every person that comes to know Jesus is a son of or a daughter of God. Every church, no matter what they believe, no matter which way they're going, who knows, it's God's responsibility to lead them. Jesus says, I will build my church. We shouldn't sit back throwing mud. We should sit back and begin to pray blessing over them, that they should grow. And I tell you what, if we can bless other churches, I tell you what, God will continue to bless us. It's, it's, it's part of this relational responsibility. We're called to belong. In belonging, we, the only way you can belong to the family of God is by faith in Jesus Christ. Pastor Jamie will hit that one a bit harder next week. Relational responsibility, I can't wait for that one. Because you know what? I think every one of us in a couple of weeks' time are going to walk out of here saying, God, I need to repent. And I I think there'll be an opportunity where we can all do so. But you see, we all are like Abraham, born of faith, called into a place we've never been. We might not be able to do it in our own strength, but isn't that the place we need to be? Reliant upon Jesus? reliant upon being able to say, well, you know what, God? I'm not going to worry about myself. I'm not going to worry about my bank balance. I'm not going to worry about my rest and my health because you've got all of that. Even the flowers of the field are dressed more abundantly than you, adorned even brighter than you. And they're here today and gone tomorrow, thrown into the fire, Jesus says. Why should we worry about the things of this earth? We're called to be a blessing. And when we actually look to bless others first, Jesus put it this way in wrapping up. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of this shall be added unto you. How about we put the blessing in its order? That we be the blessing to other people and God will be the blesser to us. Amen? This is community in a nutshell. 
This is who we are. This is what we believe. This is why, as a church, we value this so high. It's why we put a pastor on to be able to look after our community. It's why we put a pastor in to be able to put vision into driving the community forward. And it's why I put someone in the position who's got a heart for evangelism because it's not about us. It's about the people outside who need a blessing. Amen? Stand to your feet, church. I'm going to invite the band back. I'm going to take us out with a song. I'm going to pray for us this morning. I hope there was something in that for everyone, not just a mouth-watering, I didn't get a Tim Tam, but uh, maybe we should all go and buy Tim Tams while they're on special. (laughs) How about we just raise our hands to the Lord and surrender this morning as the band gets ready. Lord Jesus, we, we surrender ourselves to you, to your word, that as we go, we are called to be a blessing. But Lord God, we have been called into a wonderful family. And being called into the family, we are seated in sonship with Christ. You have given us of the inheritance, the Holy Spirit, to convict us and to bring us to this understanding that we are yours. Lord, help us in our relational responsibility to pray for and to build up and to encourage and exhort each other that we may truly represent you. And Lord, as we go, let us not focus on our own blessings, but let us focus to be the light of the gospel. A city full of lights set upon a hill, not hidden under a basket, Lord. But Lord, just lit up with the love of God. Father, would you use us this week as individual members of one body? Would you use us this week as a family to bless one or two people each day in our life? To to set a focus that, Lord, as we go, that we will bless. That as we bless, Lord, we cannot outgive you, but that you will refuel us You'll refire us. And in fact, Lord, you'll give us even more. Father, to the point where it is pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, abundant, Lord God, to be able to bless so many other people in our lives. That the light of Christ would be the light of the gospel of salvation. Lord, use us as we focus on our community over the next three weeks. Lord, May we look for random acts of kindness. May we look to share the love of God in our workplaces, on the streets, in our schools. Lord, wherever we are, Father, we are blessed to be a blessing. And we are so thankful that you've called us to such a time as this. Lord, for the honor of your name, Jesus Christ, and that the church of God may expand that you may return for a full bride. Lord, we look forward to the week in front of us. In Jesus' name. Take us out with the song.